0: Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Holy Father God, what powerful words they are indeed. Lord, in a day like today when we celebrate Father's Day, we celebrate You, thanking You for being our Father through all and every season that we have ever experienced. And as that song says, we pray And speak the name of Jesus over every family. For every father that is present here today and those who are listening. Father, in the name of Jesus, we claim the family of those fathers, their households, We speak salvation over that house and every soul over that house that they shall come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and that their souls shall be saved because this is Father's Day and we give honour to our Father which is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray this. Let's give our Father a praise offering. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Ben. Thank you. Thank you very much. We miss our senior pastor, don't we? Just seeing that you just long for him and you miss him, don't you? And we pray that he will continue to be blessed where he is and to make an impact in the lives of people as he has been doing for so long. It's always a privilege to stand in and let God use us as ministers to preach God's message. D.L. Moody said this, The Bible wasn't given for our interpretation. It was given for our transformation. The Bible is supposed, this word is supposed to transform us and change us. If you are still the same today, the day that you got saved, you are in trouble. Because then it means the effect of this word You did not permit it to speak through you. Because it's God's desire that we change and come to know Him better in our lives. It is His will, it is His divine will that His word transforms us. Because through His word, He gives us promises. And He starts right at the beginning when He speaks to Abraham and He says to Abraham, I'm giving you a promise for the future a future people, and a future nation. And ever since then, we've been the recipients of that blessing. But pay attention to what Abraham did the moment that God spoke to him and said to him, I'm going to bless you. And here is the promise. You will be blessed. There will be nations coming from you, and I'm going to give you a land, the promised land. He went and he built an altar to God, and he sacrificed on the altar. He recognized and acknowledged God because he knew this God speaks the truth and he will get what this God had promised. And ever since we have been the recipients of those promises, doesn't God say in his word, he's not slack concerning his promises as some kind of slackness, but he's long suffering toward us that none of us should perish, but that all shall come into repentance. Doesn't he say he's, Promises are yes and amen. Doesn't he say every spiritual blessing is ours in Christ Jesus? Doesn't he say in his word, and yes, specifically, going back to Abraham in Genesis 26:4, he says this, and in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And he gave him the promised land. Do we believe that this is true? Do we really believe that this is true? If it is so, why are there many people in the world today who do not live the abundant life, the life of overflow? Because God specifically clarifies what this promised land looks like. A land of milk and honey, overflowing. That is what God has for us. Are you living in it? Why are so many not living in it? Why do they not taste the land of milk and honey, of an abundance and overflow? It is because they have never moved out of the land of Goshen. You see, the people are living in the land of Goshen. And Goshen is a place that was only a temporary place. It was never a destination. God never speaks over Goshen in the Bible as a place of promise eternally, as a place where the people will stay. He always speaks that at some point we need to move out of Goshen. It was only a temporary place. It's a temporary dwelling. And I want to make a very, very powerful statement here. God's presence wasn't in the end in Goshen because it's not the place that God had in mind for us. Many people are stuck in Goshen. They want the blessings of the promised land, but we wanna stay in Goshen. Goshen is not the destiny. Goshen was in a place, in a country called Egypt. Egypt always represented the world and the world system. You know, we are, as people, as human beings, we are so great at designing things that we, we have created this world system for ourselves so we can enjoy and have our pleasures but without God. It's like someone said, when you're in this world system, it's like taking the deck chairs on the Titanic and rearranging them. You can change those chairs as much as you want. The end is known. It's going to sink. The world system is going to sink. God wants us to get out of Goshen. It's not His plan for us to remain in Goshen. You you see, we have become so used to accept the scraps of what the world offers us. And we think it's okay. How do you know you are in Goshen if you speak like this? Let me use an example. Oh, I'm glad that I've at least I've got a job, you know. At least I've got a job. There are many who don't have a job. My children may not go and serve God as I'd like to, but I'm just glad that they're not using drugs or they're not in crime. I'm glad that, yes, it's not going well in our country. Our our leaders in our country are godless and they're doing the wrong things, but it doesn't bother me that much because it doesn't affect me that much. I'm I'm glad that I'm not, not them and not there. That is when we have been blinded and we've accepted the Goshen that we are living in. God has never designed that for us. That's exactly where Israel was when they were in the land of Goshen because what Goshen does It blinds you. It starts with provision and protection. It ends up in slavery and in bondage. That is not God's plan for us. You see, that is not the promised land. We don't experience the promised land because we don't believe in it. We don't speak it. We don't claim it. We undervalue God and the power of what Christ had done for us at the cross. Christ had never come so that we can stay in the land of Goshen. The promised land has always been the place That is the final destination. It is the journey in getting there. Yes, spiritually, the promised land has always been eternity with God in the heavens. But do you think when God says, I'm giving you a land of milk and honey, where God says, all the cattle on the thousand hills are mine, that the silver and gold is mine. Do you think it was just for a generation, for a people? You see, we have become blinded and sucker punched and we've accepted the average of the world because we are saying, well, I'm okay at least. That is not God's plan for us. And we must stop accepting that. You and I are blinded by the world because they will forever try and hold us there. That is not God's plan for those people who walk. In Him, that is not God's destiny for us. Stop accepting that Goshen is the base that you are going to get. We cannot expect to get the blessings that are in the Promised Land if we stay in Goshen. Yes, glory to God. I want to share three keys with you this morning of how to get to that Promised Land. It's still available there for us. We can still get it. It is still available for us. Because if it was not, then God's word would not be true. He would be proved a liar. And he says that he's not a man, therefore he cannot lie. And through all the ages, they've tried to prove him in a liar. And every single time, those who try to do that are just proven to be foolish. The first key that I want to share with you, and this is the hard part. This is the starting, the starting block. What did God say to Israel? get out of here. Get out of Goshen. Make a move. Get up and get out. This is the move that we've got to make. It's your first step that you're going to take, and you're going to let go of what is comfortable and the things that you are so discontent with, because in the land of Goshen, you will be blinded. You will end up To see the things which you don't have instead of looking at the things which you do have. That's what Goshen does to you. God says, get out of Goshen. Whatever your situation is, if it's just you meandering all along, that is not God's plan for you. That is not the promised land. I want to say to you today, child of God, and those of you listening by the live stream, if that is you, God is saying, get up and get out. This is not what he's got planned for you. And he said the same thing for Israel. Yes. In Exodus 1 verses 9 to 10, a new Pharaoh came about and he saw Israel. Listen to what he saw because this is what the enemy sees. He doesn't want you and I to get out of Goshen. He wants us to just get by and by. Best case scenario. But there's a new Pharaoh that came. And this Pharaoh realized this. And it says there, He dealt harshly with Israel because he saw that they were greater in number and greater in power. So how do you subdue someone who is greater in power and greater in number? Immediately, you put a yoke on them. You keep them in bondage. You take away from them the many. You give them just enough so that they become dependent upon you. That's... The work of the enemy just look at this world wherever the world is look at all the governments in the world every nation it is the few who governs the many and we must determine for ourselves are we being enslaved by a philosophy or an ideology by the leaders of that particular country or are we truly living in the in the blessed and the prosperous land that God calls the promised land that he gave to Abraham, of which you and I are all seeds of. Watch what they say, those leaders concerning God. What is their view and opinion about God? What do they say about faith and religion? What do they say about moral ethics, behavior, especially how do you conduct yourself sexually? What do they say about marriages? What do they view on marriages? What do they say about money and raising and education of children that will tell you are we enslaved and we've become so accustomed to it and we have forgotten what God had said or are we really living in the liberty that God has available for us? God says to Israel, I've heard their cry. I've heard their cry. And therefore God says, I've seen this sorrow. That's why he sent Moses. That's why he sent Moses to get Israel out of Goshen. It was not the place that they were to stay anymore. He sent someone, God sent Christ to this world to take us out of this world that we no longer become subject to this world and hunger and thirst for the things of this world. Are you standing on the Titanic or you're offered and God is leading you on a different boat, the one where you can walk on the waters? Because this is what God has for us. And then God comes and he says, Israel leaves. Israel leaves now, Goshen. It was not long. And they started looking back. And look what God says in Exodus 14 verses 15. He says to Moses, tell the people, stop crying out to me. Move forward. Stop crying out to God. If you are in a bad space and you're going through a tough time and you have cried out to God, he's heard you the first time. Stop crying out to God and make a move and move forward because God says there is a place that I have given you. Numbers 33 53 says this Here is the instruction that you and I must go and take. He says, You are to take possession of the promised land and settle in it. Don't settle in Goshen, settle in the promised land. That is God's promise for us. Don't settle for the Goshen because it only was a help for a time only for a short time the second key that I want to give to you is this the only place but the only road from Goshen to the promised land is through the desert it's a place called the wilderness i want to focus just on the word wilderness you have to whether you see it as unfortunately, and it's wrong that we look at it as unfortunately, fortunately, God paves the way for us to the promised land, and that is through the wilderness. You see, we have had a wrong perception of wilderness for such a long time everybody looks at the wilderness at such a bad place it is dry it is bad it is tough you see because our frame of reference of the wilderness is what we get from israel and god gives us that frame of reference as the worst case scenario of how to go through the desert they were never supposed to be 40 years in the wilderness that was their doing it was their doing God tells us, if you're gonna do it the way that they do it, then you will suffer like they did. So God gave us this example in the word of God, learn from their mistakes and learn from the good things that they've also done because God does not want us to be in a wilderness for an extended period beyond what he has planned. Here's the key about the wilderness. Why is it that God, God sends Moses to Pharaoh and he says to him five times to Pharaoh, let my people go. And let them go to the wilderness. Why did God not say, well, God will come and meet them here in Goshen or move them to Canaan directly, move them to another nation? Why is it that God said, let my people go and move them to the wilderness? I'm so glad God answers these questions. Exodus 19 verses four says this. Now God speaks to Moses whilst they're at Mount Sinai in the wilderness. And he says, you have seen... What I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and I brought you to Myself. God wanted Israel to move out of Goshen so that He could bring them to Himself because there He said in the wilderness they would worship Him and they would bring sacrifices to them, uh, to Him. There in the wilderness you get to know who your God is. In the land of Goshen, they forgot who God was. They only cried out to God. But in the wilderness, you discover who your God is. There you realize... He is the God of miracles. There you come to know Him as the God, your provider, the God who is your salvation, the God who is your healer. And you may be in a wilderness right now and you're in the best possible place because there you will meet God because God says, I meet you there. I go before you in the wilderness and I await for you there. God has planned this and He's prepared it for you because it is in the wilderness that you come to meet God, because He says there, He draws people to Him. Listen to what He says, John 6, 44. No man can come to Me unless the Father who sent Me draws him. John 12:32, And I, I be lifted up from the earth. I will draw all men unto Me. God wants to draw us to Him. And it's in the wilderness that that happens. No other place, No other place. In Goshen, we only cry out to God and we seek Him. But in the wilderness, we meet God. Because there He avails Himself. If you are in a wilderness right now, I want to say to you, God is there. He's going to meet you there. Because there you are going to experience His miracles. Israel did. They saw the miracles in the wilderness. They saw God leading them through the Red Sea. They saw the manna that was given to them, the quails that were sent. They saw the presence of God on Mount Sinai. They were so fearful of that. They saw how God came came to live with them, with His presence there at the tabernacle. They saw the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day. God's miracles are in the desert. Have you ever noticed something very interesting? When Isaac sowed, we've all read about Isaac, that He sowed and he reaped a hundredfold. And all of us want that. Pay attention to what happened here. Isaac was in the land, the promised land called Canaan at the time, in a place called Gerar, which is in Canaan. And then there was a great famine. And then God said to him, don't go up to Egypt. Stay here in the promised land where the famine is. Sow here. And he reaped a hundredfold. You only reap a hundredfold in the promised land. No matter how the situation looks like, drought and dizzy and confused all out in the world, when you're in God's promised land, you will reap a hundredfold. That is the promise that God gives to every single one of us. Only in the promised land. If you haven't been reaping a hundredfold, I'm telling you, get out of Goshen. Because then you're in Goshen. Get out of Goshen and go into the place that God has prepared for us. Elijah was even in the desert when there was three years without rain. God fed him in the desert. The crows fed him by day and there was a brook of spring that he could drink from. God takes care of us in the desert. But provided we are in the promised land. And so I have experienced and I think many of you have experienced a time in a season where you've been in a desert I tell you, in a time in 18 months in my life when we had no income, no income, we didn't lose our house, didn't lose our cars. Our kids could go to school. God provided all glory to God. But if there's one thing we stood on, we would still, the little bit that we received from an income that my wife got, we would still sow into the kingdom of God and give our tithes unto God. Because that was my access, that was our access into the promised land. And God blessed us and took care of us. And today we are only a testimony to what God does in the land of promise because He wants us to prosper. He doesn't want you to just say, I'm just glad that I'm not like them and I will just get by. We are not called to get by, we are called to be prosperous because there in the land of promise, in the desert, in the wilderness, God goes before you. And if you are worried about the wilderness, let me give you this assurance. Christ went there before us into the wilderness. 40 days, 40 days, you must please understand this. For 40 days, the most wicked and evil of all temptations and hardness came upon him in those 40 days. He did not eat and he did not drink. Satan gave everything that he had and he came for Christ in those 40 days in the wilderness and Christ resisted him. Why? Because he had the Holy Spirit with him. He overcame Satan by the Holy Spirit that he had and you and I have got that Holy Spirit. So in the desert, the wilderness that you may find yourself, God has already overcome that wilderness through Christ Jesus. Satan has got nothing on you in the wilderness. He wants you to yearn back, to go back to the land of Goshen because he doesn't want you to reach your destination in the promised land. Why do you think God got so upset with the Israelites when they started talking, this foolish talk? Oh, look at these hardships. Look at, we don't have water. Instead of asking God for water, oh, we don't have water. Let us go back to Egypt, the land of meat and plenty. I think Israel became so arrogant and cocky because they must have thought like this. Well, we know what what Goshen looks like now. We know, well, there were the 10 plagues. So pretty much the whole agricultural system was destroyed in Egypt. All the firstborn of the males, as well as the animals were destroyed. So they're pretty destroyed and they're mourning. The whole army of Egypt drowned in the Red Sea. We are greater in number and stronger. They probably thought, I'm gonna chance my arm and let's go back because we can take over this place because they in Disarray, we know what it's like, let's go and take over the land. You know why God despised the way that they thought? Because they despised the promise that God gave to Abraham. They were rather willing to go back to a place that they know than going towards a place that God already promised. I can understand why God must have been upset with him. Here is the thing. Here is the thing. It takes no faith, zero faith to go back to your past. No faith at all. It takes faith to go into your future. It takes no faith, no faith to go back into your past. There is no future going into your past. There's no future in that. I want to get to the third one. The third key that I want to give to you. We have to come to know who God is as the miracle maker. And he only does that for us when we journey towards the promised land. He's the God of the impossible. Listen to what D.L. Moody said once again. He said, God doesn't expect the impossible from us. He wants us to expect the impossible of him. Do we really do that? Do we really expect God to do that? Because he wants us to do this. He wants us to do that. Moses came firsthand in experience with this. When God said, he went to God and complained, the whole Israel, Lord, they want meat now. They want meat. And Lord said, I'm gonna give them meat. Oh yes, I'm gonna give them meat. Not two days, not five days, not 10 days, not 20 days. I'm gonna give them meat for 30 days, he says, until it comes out of their nostrils. That's what God said. And then Moses said, listen to what he says, Numbers 11, 21. The people whom I am among are 600,000 men on foot. And yet you have said, I will give them meat that they may eat for a whole month. In verse 22, shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them to provide enough for them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to provide enough for them? He saw the impossibility here. And then God answers Moses and says to him just these words, has the Lord's arm be shortened? In other words, has my arm lost its power? Isaiah 59 says this, Behold, the Lord's hand is not too short that it cannot save, nor is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. You see, impossibility is the playground of God. It only takes faith and trust for us to meet him there. If Israel had just done this after Mount Sinai, it would have taken them 10 days journey from Sinai to the promised land. But they chose to believe different. And you may say, but Lord, I'm lacking in faith. How do I get there? My faith is not there. God will meet you at your faith. Don't you worry. God will meet you at your faith. That man whose son was possessed, whom the disciples could not deliver him from, when Jesus descended from the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus came to him and Jesus asked him, About this, and then Jesus answered him and said to him, This Mark 9, verse 23 If you can believe, all things are possible for him who believes. That was God's promise. Now, listen, his reply He says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. God will meet you there where your faith is. Just don't walk away and go back to the ways of old. Meet God there where your faith is because he's waiting for you there because God says he has covered your lack of faith with his grace. Listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. God's strength is made perfect in weakness. I want to come for a close here. When God sent out the 12 spies, we all heard the story. 12 spies went out. But there are two things I want to point out this morning. Firstly, Moses gave a specific instruction to the 12 spies. Go and sort out the land and come back and just give a report concerning two things. Give a report of the land and of the people. That's all that they had to do. But the 10 wise men decided they are going to give a report what Israel was not able and capable of doing. For two years, they've been in the wilderness now. They've seen God's miracles. They've seen the power of God moving. They're on their way to the promised land. And they decide, having known everything that they've seen from God, they decide Israel was not able to enter into this land because of how a certain people looked. I can understand how angry Caleb must have been. I mean, he knew God. He was reminded. He knew what God did in those years in the desert. And now these 10 foolish buffoons come and tell them, God cannot do this. God cannot... Remove the anarchites so that we can enter into this land. I think he must have struggled with forgiveness for a very long time. Because now because of their foolishness, he had to suffer another 40 years in the desert because of them. God proves himself always because he's a miracle God. I want, I want him to bring up this one slide quickly. You see, here at the back, you've got the 12 names of the spies that God says to Moses. These are the men, send them. They are well distinguished men, powerful, well-respected within their tribes. And these are the names of, of these men. And there's the meaning of their names, of each one of their names. You see, God has already prepared the victory for Israel without them knowing about this. Because if you put just the meaning of all those names in that order together, can I please just show the next slide for me? Then you can see at the bottom, and I'm read for you. This is what God was saying by sending the 12 spies it says there, you will hear with astonishment that he, God, has judged. They who are regarded like a dog or an unsophisticated servant, because this is how people looked upon Israel. It says, they will be redeemed. They will be freed and saved and they'll be delivered. Almighty God's fortune will be distributed to them. That's promised land. And they are His fortune. Being Almighty God's special people, they are veiled as a covering. They are separated and cherished with affection by the majesty of God. That is what those 12 names of those spies meant. God was already going before them and telling them, the victory is already yours. Already yours. God gave it to them already. (laughs) Hallelujah. I want to ask you today, I want to ask you today, are you on your way to the promised land? If you are not, Don't fear if you need to go into the wilderness because there you are going to meet your God. You are going to discover that He's the God of miracles, that He dwells in the realm of the impossible, that He is the one who wants you to taste what He said in His Word that said, there is a land and there is a place flowing with milk and honey, and I've prepared it for you. You have to understand this. In Goshen, they only see God In the wilderness, they meet God. But in the promised land, we eat with God because God said through Jesus Christ, through the spirit of adoption, we are joined as with Christ and we will taste and see that the Lord is good in every season of our lives. Let's stand and give the Lord a praise offering. Hallelujah. That is what we have through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's raise our hands to the heavens. Oh, Holy Father, God Almighty, we thank you that in every season you are true, that your word is for every season, that every promise that you gave us is yes and amen. Oh, Lord, help us. Take us from Goshen to the promised land. And even those who are in a wilderness right now, Lord, let them keep their eyes upon you in knowing that you have already gone before us and you have prepared the breakthrough and the provision because you have veiled us and you have separated us through Jesus Christ and that we will taste and see how good you are. Now, Lord, may your favor surround us all like a shield. Be with every person as they enjoy in this day. Bring them back safely. Guard over them. And may the blessedness of the promise that you gave to Abraham resonate with us. That we live in it and bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ through this. And if you believe in us, we all say, Amen. Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.